from Under the Rock, a show where we talk about movies that we uh, have not seen, and perhaps you have not too, whether you would like to admit it or not. Uh, I'm Ben Wessels. I'm Sawyer Payne. And this evening we will be covering uh, 1996's The Birdcage, directed by Mike Nichols, starring Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, uh, among others, uh, including Gene Hackman and uh, Diane Weist of Brooklyn Nine-Nine Cold Open fame. And if you get that reference, then you are my kind of people. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, Sawyer, uh, anything uh, you know about this movie or any expectations going in? Well, um, as you've alluded to, uh, of the two of us, I have not seen it, despite being an avid Robin Williams fan. Um, uh, the, yeah, the only the I, I know the basic plot. Okay. Uh, I know the synopsis, um, and I know yeah, Robin Williams and, and Nathan Lane are in it. I've seen clips. Mm. I've seen a couple of clips. I imagine um, probably the Robin Williams uh, dancing instructions clip springs to mind. I've seen that. Um, I've seen Nathan Lane's. Um, again, I, it's been a while. I don't even remember the context of the scene. I just know that he's having a meltdown mm-hmm. uh, about some something pertaining to. It's either his look or the how it will be perceived by um, mm. the the people that dear son is bringing home. Hmm. Um, again, I may be misremembering, and that's why we do the show. Well, we will get there. Yeah, um, yeah definitely, uh, definitely one of, I think uh, one of, I don't know. It's it's such so hard to put a, a qualifier on any Robin mm-hmm. Williams film. <laughs> um, I don't know if it's one of his better works or one of just the more it, it does feel a little outside of like his is what we kind of grew up knowing him for i suppose um but the wild uh, becky and zany or yeah but i mean it is still a zany film mm. but uh you know kind of the point been uh, you know tough tough week looking for something a little fun but mm. uh but like with almost all robin films there's uh, there's that uh a uh, little bit of uh, very serious and um, mm. emotional stuff uh, yeah. baked into it as, all at the same time, um, but uh, but yeah, it's uh, it's definitely an old favorite, um, and uh, I'm excited to share it with you. I look forward to watching. All right, uh, I don't have anything else, so I'd say let's go uh, let's go watch the movie. All right. Pop, I'm getting married. <laughs> it's a girl. I met her at school. It's this wonderful, uh, what, what are you, are you upset? But let me tell you why. Don't use that tone to me. What tone? That sarcastic, contemptuous tone that means you know everything because you're a man and I know nothing because I'm a woman. You're not a woman. Oh, you bastard. Are you crazy? You can't get married. It's out of the question. We've been sleeping together for a year. Oh, God. Has he been tested? Oh, Kevin! Yes, and so have I. Oh! Uh, who's his father? His father is in the arts. You do an eclectic celebration of the dance. You do Fosse, Fosse, Fosse. You do Martha Graham, Martha Graham, Martha Graham. You know, Madonna, Madonna, Madonna. But you keep it all inside. What does the mother do? She's a housewife. Oh, I could play it straight. You take your knife and you smear. Men smear. Smear, that's it. Yeah. Yeah. Get the pinky <laughs> down. So I hold the knife boldly in yeah. my strength. <laughs> I'm gonna, like, pierce the toast. 
Al, you old so-and-so. How do you feel about that call today? I mean, the Dolphins, fourth and three play on their 30-yard line with only 34 seconds to go. How do you think I feel? Betrayed, bewildered? Call me. Perfect. Won't you come in? Senator Keeley, Mrs. Keeley, come here and give me a hug. I've never felt such tension. It's like riding a psychotic horse towards a burning stable. Oh God, it's a nightmare. Get up, everybody, oh. Something about the father and Mrs. Coleman. I can't put my finger on it's it. It's nothing. What do you mean? It's, it's nothing. It is Dad, something. It is nothing. Something very strange is going on. And we're back. Uh, having just finished up watching The Birdcage. Um, Sawyer, first impressions. First impressions? Uh, this movie would not get made in 2024. Mm. I don't think it would. No. Um, it was fun. At times, funny. I think this is one of those scenarios where it's not that I disliked it; I just didn't like it as much as I thought I would. Hmm. Which I think is is interesting because I love both of these main actors mm-hmm. very much, but it 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 felt like a caricature, hmm. and. I don't know how that rubs me, but um, interesting. Yeah, I appreciated. I appreciated the the comedy created by situations. Um, I think you know coincidence or mistake uh, was a great way to get these characters into trouble, mm-hmm. and like how they solved the problem at the mm-hmm. end. At the end of it was it was fun. Um, but I don't necessarily know that anybody really grew. I don't know that there was necessarily an arc to any of these characters. Hmm. Um, Interesting. And I think perhaps that's what I found lacking. I I, I came out of this having enjoyed the time, but I, it didn't particularly move me hmm. in any way. And and that may be an unpopular opinion, but I'm sticking to it. Hmm, fair enough. Um, all right. Well, we begin um, uh, with a push in from the uh, the. Florida coast, uh, all the way into um, the interior of the birdcage itself, mm-hmm. uh, which is a, a drag club in South Beach. Uh, we quickly learn that it is um, owned and operated by Armand, uh, played by Robin Williams. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's the proprietor of this club. And uh, his star, um, uh, named Starina, is refusing to come on stage, and it's a whole, a whole issue. Um, is you know, hiding up in in her dressing room. Um, so Armand uh, goes and goes to retrieve her, and we learn uh, that she is the uh, the drag name, the drag character of uh, Nathan Lane's character in the movie Albert. Um, uh, they go back and forth quite a bit, um, and uh, but eventually Robin is able to uh, coax uh, Albert out onto the stage. Um, the we learn the two of them are a couple; they're a gay couple, um, uh, in which Albert is very much the the more flamboyant, um, and, and both not just in how he 
carries himself, but I think and also how he views himself. I think it's fair to say, you know, he views himself as the the performer, the artist, mm-hmm. the uh, the actor, whereas Armand is the uh, you know the businessman, the pragmatist, uh, mm-hmm. and this leads to I think a lot of their clashing over the course of the movie. Um, uh, uh, we also meet their uh, housekeeper, Agador, played by Hank Azaria, um, who is there mostly for, uh, for I think, physical comedy throughout the movie. Um, and, yeah, some, some uh, perhaps untasteful uh, other, other comedy. Um, I suppose, uh, yeah, before we go too much further, I forgot to, as we were starting out, trigger warnings for this movie, um, homophobia, mm-hmm. um, uh, including uh, the F slur, um, yes. used quite a bit throughout this movie. Uh, I think I think that's something we both agreed. Uh, I, I completely agree with you. Very uncomfortable watching uh, yeah. how frequently that one was Very used. Much part of the nineties. Yes, I, I think I, I think uh, fair to say throughout this movie, there's the homophobia that is like out in the open in terms of being displayed by certain characters, but then there is also kind of an inherent. Homophobia, you perhaps anyways could say, underlying to the movie in that you know it is, as movies that we've done in the past have been, a product product of its time in a sense, uh, where there's, you know, as you say, things that would not fly nowadays because mm-hmm. there's a certain like societal like ingrained homophobia in the fact that this was, a lot of the stuff in this movie, while. I'm sure it would be some LGBTQ people's lived experience. A lot of it is played for laughs, is played for humor. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that said, at the time, the movie was viewed very uh, favorably. It was viewed as, you know... It's not a bad movie. It was, it was viewed as, is you know, ahead of its time. There not being too many movies, even in the 90s, with, like, two gay leads. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it crushed at the box office, which is not too surprising, being a Robin Williams movie. Um, made like 185 million off of a 31 million dollar budget, um, but uh, but yes, uh, so yeah, just to, before we go too much further, those uh, those warnings in place, um, definitely, particularly with the slurs, um, if that's something that um, that you do not want to hear, you should not watch this movie because um, it is dropped far too often. <laughs> and kind of, kind of an add-on to that, I, I, I don't know if it, it I'll, I'll call it a content warning regardless whether it constitutes, constitutes it or not, um, but as we get into the, the other family, um, you will hear a lot of conservative rhetoric. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, it's still rhetoric that's used today. Yes, but, um, I was going to say. <laughs> and you know, it's, it, it's, it's not at all meant to be viewed favorably, but if you don't want to subject yourself to that, you've been warned. Sure. Yeah. No, that's a good point. I, yeah. I, I don't know how much of a. Yeah. That that one is not really a product of its time. Um, most of those, if not all of those things, are still being uh, espoused today yeah. in certain circles. Um, um, but, anyways, um, where was I? Um, so yeah, we meet uh, we we meet Albert and. and um, Armand and sort of get the establishment of their relationship. Uh, we see Albert go down and do um, his performance on the stage. Meanwhile, uh, Armand is seems to be meeting somebody while Albert is on stage, and there is quite a lot of uh, implying. And uh, Albert actually outwardly accuses Armand of this, 
um, that uh, he's seeing someone else on the side, that Albert isn't you know, young enough for him anymore, isn't exciting enough for him anymore. Who are you seeing while I'm out on stage? And you know, Al- Armand kind of you know, reassures him, sends him out on stage, but then very much goes and has uh, Agador uh, you know, chill some white wine for him and get two wine glasses, and he is meeting somebody, and someone shows up, a uh, very um, attractive, very good-looking young, young man, um, and there's certainly some familiarity there, mm-hmm. and uh, and for yeah for a moment there it does very much appear that uh, Armand is having an affair, uh, before it is revealed that this is in fact his son Val, uh, played by uh, Dan Futterman, who I swear to God I recognize from somewhere, but I have no idea where. I I did a quick scan through his IMDb. I'm sure if I like did the full uh, parsing, I probably could find it, but I. Maybe he just has one of those faces. I don't it's know. Possible. He does have kind of a blank-faced hero look to him. I don't know. Um, Looks a little bit like young Michael J. Fox. A little bit, yeah. Kind of a, kind of a dollar store brand. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Fox. Yeah, Sorry. No, no, no. no that's fair. <laughs> I see that. Um, anyways, uh, he shows up and he's talking to his dad and uh, reveals to Armand that he is getting married. He's engaged to be married. And it is a bit of a... Uh, you know, coming out as straight to his truly. to his gay dad scene. Truly, truly. Um, Armand is is you know horribly disappointed. Um, it, it, some of that does appear to be in jest, but a lot of it is not. Um, it seems. Um, and uh, although I would argue the most upsetting piece here, and this is this is a a far less um, uh, far less negative, I suppose, product of its time thing, but maybe just as, well, not just as harmful, but also a harmful thing. Uh, they say that Val here, the son, is 20, um, which yeah. I would I would argue is equally, you know, should that should upset his father all on its own, the idea of getting married at 20. But then also... That is what, what upsets him. It's not so much that he's getting married, it's the fact that he's so young. Yeah, yeah. Um, and, uh, but also this idea that this actor, well, I mean, you know, probably mid, maybe mid-twenties, maybe thirty. Um, but, uh, it's that old, like, adage of 90s movies. This is a high school sophomore, and right. it's a 30-year-old man. Um, uh, but, yeah, so Armand jokes that he's disowning him, but Val calls his bluff. Um, and then we cut to, uh, Barbara, his intended, um, played by Callista Flockhart, um, who most people know probably from oh, Ally McBeal. Oh, shit. Ally okay, McBeal. yeah. See, I knew she was in it, mm-hmm. but I didn't recognize her because I'm used to, I, I was exposed to Callista Flockhart. Through Supergirl? Through Supergirl mm-hmm. and later in her career. Mm-hmm. I was not expecting petite, <laughs> waif-like Callista Flockhart, but now that you say it, I'm like, nope, that's... That's the face. I know where I know her. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and we learn that she is the daughter of a very conservative sen- senator, uh, played by the great Gene Hackman. Um, she, you know, and and this is where the lies begin. It becomes very clear very quickly that uh, you know Barbara and Val are uncomfortable with, um, excuse me, with Val's. Uh, parents' sexuality with their uh, pretty much their entire identity, mm-hmm. and uh, their plan initially, anyways, is to just lie, to just deceive um, Barbara's family, 
uh, into accepting them. Uh, so she tells her parents that uh, that Armand is a cultural attaché to Greece, and uh, you know justifies their living in South Beach with it being oh well it's close to this island where where Jeb Bush lives. You know Jeb Bush, the you know Republican royalty, uh, who's probably going to win the nomination sometime in the twenty somethings. Whoops. Um, please clap. <laughs> please clap. <laughs> <laughs> um, uh, also, a little bit of um, more subtle, but just as insidious lying, uh, she tells them that their last name, their family last name is Coleman, ah, yes. uh, as opposed to Goldman, uh, to hide the fact that they are Jewish. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, but uh, regardless of any of that, her parents are also just as appalled at, at this idea of her getting married so young, mm-hmm. uh, regardless of who she's getting married to. Um, uh, she is 18 um, or 17. When, when they first have the conversation, I think she, I think her parents say, you're, you're barely even 18 yet. So I think in, or in my head I, I had put you her as... You are 17, going it, on it, 18. Yeah, it did have a little piece yeah. of like a... When did her and Val meet, and oh, is no. this, uh, hmm, this is probably not okay. I mean, it does seem like they met in school, so. College. Yeah, yeah. met at college, so hopefully, maybe they were both minors, although if she's like 18 and he's 20, she would have just gotten to college, so if they met at college, I mean, I, I suppose the whole, like, college 18 yeah. versus, like, Whatever that that may be yeah. one like place where it becomes a little bit of gray the point but it's, being yes. both are too young yes. to be making this decision. Um, and then, so we go on to learn that Senator Keeley here, Kevin Keeley, uh, Gene Hackman's mm-hmm. character, is uh, among other things a co-founder of the Coalition for Moral Order. Which, if that doesn't sound like a real thing to you, I don't know what what world you're living in because uh, so, sounded all too real to me when it came up. Yeah. Um, but wouldn't you know it, his co-founder, co-founder of the Coalition for Moral Order, um, uh, he, uh, the senator gets a phone call and he learns that this co-founder, uh, Senator Jackson, has died, um, presumably of a drug overdose, okay. uh, in the bed of an underage African-American sex worker. Um, now, pretty much all of those things, aside from the underage part, aren't actually objectionable, but to a Republican in the 90s, horrible. Hell, straight to hell. Straight to hell. <laughs> um, Keeley is terrified. He needs an escape. Uh, they basically, you know, they circle the wagons and they just aren't leaving their house uh, because the press are assembling outside over mm. the next several days. A horde of press assembles in his front yard. Um, and, uh, you know, we get some very... Yes, uh, unpleasant things said uh, f- by the senator's wife, played by Diane Weist. Um, you know, immediately the the political distancing from like, oh well, we were Republican allies. No, 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 no. He was a common redneck. Like, we mm-hmm. had nothing to do with him socially. Um, so yeah, there there is a great deal of I would say like political uh, just the 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 political um, vitriol. But like that, that very like casual, subtle, mm-hmm. hateful kind of it is uh, is very prevalent throughout this movie. Um, but uh, the wife 
pulls out uh, this idea of uh, the, the PR appeal of a, quote, big white wedding. White hair, meaning <laughs> having two meetings. Yes, I don't, like, it, at first you're like, maybe she's just talking about the dress and the church and everything, but then she reiterates and it's like, no, that that's not what she's talking about. No, no. Uh, we presided over by a grand wizard, I mean a priest. <laughs> yes. Uh, and uh, and so the idea is kind of hatched that, oh, what if they escape to uh, to Florida to uh, to meet uh, Val's parents and plan this wedding? Um, so, yeah, that idea is kind of hatched, and, uh, and uh, they, they start to think about that. Um, we cut back to Florida, and uh, we see uh, Williams conducting... Uh, sorry... Um, Armand conducting rehearsal with uh, with Albert on stage. Um, they make some very uh, good use of Nathan Lane's vocal talents here. I would say. Um, what pipes? Indeed, and uh, and uh, I also just uh, the two of them, Robin Williams and Nathan Lane, they do have tremendous chemistry they throughout do. this movie. That's uh, true. They do. I really I, I think the movie. Theirs is if if you can stomach the uh, the less. Um, uh, the 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 less uh, uh, respectful parts of the movie, their their chemistry and their dynamic, I think, is certainly worth uh, watching for. Um, and uh, but Armand gets pulled away from rehearsal to uh, to for a conversation with Val, uh, where Val kind of lays out like, here are all the lies we're telling um, our uh, potential future in-laws. Mm. This is everything we're telling them because they. You know, essentially, cannot know who you actually are, um, and this, of course, pisses Armand off terribly. He he's horribly offended, um, and uh, he you know basically says to his son like, "I'm not doing this. Like, fuck you." Like, uh, there's a great line. He's like, "I know who I am, and it took me 20 years to get here." Mm-hmm. Uh, fuck the senator. <laughs> like, yeah, there's, I don't there's some really great dialogue in this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, that is one of the, the better lines. Hmm. Um, cut back to uh, to up north to the senator's estate, and he is uh, caught by the press trying to sneak out the back window of his house, um, where he does kind of give a reveal that they are leaving uh, to go off to, uh, quote, plan a healing event uh, in light of the of his the other senator, Senator Jackson's death, and you know he, he obviously declines to comment and. Uh, and uh, and does his platitudes and even gives a good old Nixon double thumbs say. up. <laughs> um, you know, I mean, yeah, Gene Hagman really sinks his teeth into the uh, the uh, this role. Like, you know, they at, at the very least they're equal opportunist when they come to their caricatures in this film. That's true. He is uh, the very image of a cartoon Republican senator. Mm-hmm. In all, uh, in all his terribleness, um, and uh, yeah, so they're leaving town to plan a healing event, uh, but one member of the press catches their valet sort of loading the car and is able to bribe uh, the valet into letting them know where they're heading. That they are headed to South Beach, Florida, not as the senator told the press to the quote family farm, um, which he doesn't you know give the location of, but. Presumably would not have been in South Florida. Um, uh, back down to uh, Florida, 
we do see Armand, despite what he said, despite his anger, he does set Agador about beginning the task of basically, you know, quote, ungaying their home uh, for the arrival of the in-laws to them. <laughs> yes, uh, Val frequently, as, as staff and helpers, are kind of like removing a lot of the art and a lot of the decorations that... Um, that Albert and Armand have in their home. Uh, Val repeated, and they're like, you know, trying to replace things with like adding Playboy magazines, or at one point there's a giant moose head that they're trying <laughs> to mount on the wall. And Val repeatedly is just it, telling them, don't add, just subtract. Just take away all of my dad's personality. Um, uh, and. At this point, uh, Val kind of floats the idea to Armand, I believe, or I can't remember whose idea it was originally, but uh, that Albert obviously cannot be there for this meeting. Um, so they're going to try to send him away for a couple days. Mm. Um, and, you know, from there, figure it out, maybe just say that, you know, Val's mom isn't in the picture anymore, or, she, you know, whatever, but Albert can't be there. Um so Armand kind of starts trying to lay the groundwork for that. He, like, takes him to the beach and is like, oh, yes, I love the beach. And, and Armand's like, oh, yeah, it's great. You know, you could really use some sun. Why don't you take a few days off? Get out of town for a little bit. Like, go away. Um, and, of course, Albert just latches on to the backhanded insult of it all. Like, oh, I look tired to you. Is that it? Uh, I look tired. I look old. Um, and kind of catches Armand trying to keep him out of the house. Um, uh, and eventually they get back to uh, their home and kind of Albert sees everything that's happening and learns of sort of the scheme and, of course, is offended. Um, but uh, since... Albert doesn't want to be, you know, sent away or hidden. Uh, the next thing they try is Armand tries to <laughs> coach out some of uh, Albert's more flamboyant mannerisms. Uh, sort of, you know, tapping into the, like, you know, you're a great performer and I'm a great director. Come on, we can do anything. Um, and so we get a, a... And I think... Another great line. A, a, go ahead. Um, as he's... Uh, forgive me if I'm coming ahead of you here. Um, but as he's trying to um, coach Albert on how to do a manly walk, mm. <laughs> he cites John Wayne, a man's man. And of course, Albert can't do it. Mm -hmm. But speaking volumes to their relationship, um, when Albert says, was that it? Was that not it? Was that not good? Uh, Armand says, no, that was perfect. I just didn't realize John Wayne walked that way. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, the the walk, the 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 way he holds a glass, the way yeah. the teach, teaching him how to shake hands, all all that sort of nonsense. Men smear. Yes, men don't dab the mustard onto your toast. Men smear. It's uh, yeah, it, it yeah. is a it is very much a a, a film steeped in '90s stereotypes. Mm -hmm. I mean, I, one of the reasons that we hear the F word. Um, uttered so much it, it's it's self-referential they're, yes. they're I think um, Albert and Armand use it more than anybody else in the movie I think they're the um, only ones that use it I, I do think it comes from the Republicans Does at least once I think once? the senator says okay. it at least once over dinner later um, but so with that I do kind of wonder if and 
obviously, please let us know. Correct me if I'm wrong, but I do, and I'm not even asserting this, but I'm wondering if there might have been in the 90s some degree of, like, trying to reclaim the word and owning it and using it themselves. I don't know. I'm, I, yeah. I don't um, know. I can't speak to that experience, so I won't. But um, it would make sense. Fair. Um, uh, but yeah, so they go through this whole coaching sequence, uh, and that kind of seems to make some headway. But again, it's like, it's this isn't going to work. Yeah. Um, and so the next idea, what about Val's actual mom? Maybe, like, convinced that this whole Albert thing would just be a disaster either way, Armand decides to call up uh, Val's birth mother, um, Catherine. Uh, Katie, um, played by Christine Baranski. Who's um, always wonderful. Who is always wonderful. Uh, whom, uh, you know, Armand had a, a one-night stand with 20 years ago, and that's uh, that's how we got, that's how they got Val. Um, this, of course, this uh, meeting up makes Albert very uncomfortable. Uh -huh. he, he accompanies Armand and is kind of sitting in the waiting room of, uh, of Catherine's business while uh, Armand and Catherine reminisce and talk about their old times doing theater together. Uh, in fairness to Albert's feelings of being uncomfortable, there is a good bit of flirting oh, yeah. between Armand and Catherine. Oh, yeah. Um, reliving, again, when they were in theater together, and then they're, they're drinking champagne to celebrate Val's engagement, and it does seem like at least Catherine is starting to get a little bit randy oh, for Armand. Yeah, She's like, you know, telling him, unbutton his shirt. Oh, look at this glorious thicket of chest hair you have now. So masculine. I will say, um, you know, while the, 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 the coming on to and the, 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 the getting each other a little drunk and, and obviously being unfaithful to um, deliberately or no, uh, to Albert is is wildly uncomfortable and makes for good cinema. I do really like their relationship. Armand, Catherine and Armand, Armand and, and, and Catherine. I, I, I like that it was. It, I like that their relationship wasn't. We were together and then he was gay and we broke up. Like mm -hmm. he was gay. She wanted him, mm -hmm. and he said, "You know what? What the fuck? Let's see what the straight guys are are. Let, let, let's see if it's as good as the straight guys say." Yeah. And and. There's no animosity between them, mm -hmm. and and it's I, I I like that they are happy to see each other. Yeah, and they're just old friends. Yeah. Uh, who had a fling? I mean, yeah. and yeah, I and the the couple of times that I've seen similar kinds of situations mm -hmm. um, in the lives of some of my friends, like it, it, I, I've seen that be the case where it's like there was a relationship, however serious or not. And then you know there was just an amicable splitting, and it, yeah, it is nicer mm -hmm. to see that, and not and not have that particular aspect played for laughs, yeah. and just be like, no, they just, you know, it was what it was, and now they're just friends who have a kid, and and you know, she and will do anything for that kid. Yeah, they they both love him. They both even like, if she wasn't in the picture, she's like, oh yeah, an opportunity. I yeah, like this. yeah, exactly, an opportunity to meet my son and and have a positive impact in his life. Mm -hmm. uh, it is mentioned that she kind of got her start for this business that she now has. You know, it does seem to be a bit of a business empire. She's doing mm -hmm. very well for herself, and it is mentioned that she got this business off the ground with money she got from Armand as kind of, and it was kind of a, it, the the line from Armand mm -hmm. is like, uh, well, it was you know, because she's wondering if he gave her too much or whatever and he was like well you got that and I got Val so you know perfect trade off yeah. like everyone's happy um, uh, anyways as things are getting a little more heated Albert you know 
uh, bursts into the room and, uh, and um, you know, quote-unquote catches them, whether, you know, things were serious or not, and, of course, is horribly upset and storms away. Um, I, I hesitate to say, to, to lean into the humor of the film, but I, I did have it in my notes, so I wanted to run it by you, so here. <laughs> Albert storms away, pursued by Bear. Pursued by Bear. That's good. We were just, we, we did just go through a whole scene about Robin Williams' chest hair, so yeah. it felt, um... I will say on the on the other 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 side of that, I think I think this is where, as funny as the film is, it did start to make me a little. Un, I don't know. I don't know what the word is for it, but it just seems like, and 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 not to jump too too far ahead, there is a nice moment of reconciliation later, but like it just seems even. Even as everyone's trying to do the right thing, it just seems like everybody just keeps hurting each other. Hmm. And, and, and and maybe that's me seeing the worst in the film. I don't know. But I don't it, know. Just, it just it seems like it's it's I don't know. I don't know. What I don't do you think? I don't know if that's you seeing the worst in the film. I think I would say or I would argue that that's the film just doing a good job of depicting real people. Yeah. Um, no, that, that that would be accurate. Depicting the messiness of of real life and and complicated uh, interpersonal relationships. Yeah. Um, but I mean, and I I think given that I think I think you know you're totally valid in your feelings of that making you uncomfortable. I just, I just don't see and and again maybe over the course of our discussion you'll convince me otherwise. I don't know. I just don't see any real. Not, not that hurting each other must result in growth. Not that pain must result in things being better. But... I don't know. I, I, I guess I don't really know what to make of it yet. Granted, we have just watched the film and then are immediately jumping into the discussion. So maybe it'll just take time for me. I don't know. Fair. Well, and part of this, I think, is that at least I mean, uh, to... And on a slightly more zoomed out sense, I think some of this just comes from the fact that this was um, originally a play, and mm. I think it is less of a traditional like hero's journey that must you know they must either grow or perish, and and a little bit more of like a here's a a, a stage a stage piece, mm. and not to say that plenty of theater doesn't have that hero's journey aspect. Um, but it does feel a lot more like a like a shorter kind of play. I didn't know um, it was a play. Yeah, I, I meant to mention that at the open. I, yeah. I completely forgot to in our intro. It was uh, so th- this movie was a remake of a 1978 French film of a similar name, but I will not try to pronounce it because I do not did not ever study French. Um, but uh, the the French name translates loosely to uh, the cage of fools or the cage of crazies mm. uh, or the crazy cage, depending. Um, but that film was based on, it was adapted from a 1973 play. Um, also French? Or? Also French, I believe. Um, uh, but yes. Um, so, uh, yes. Armand and Albert get back to um, uh, back to the Back home, back to the club, 
um, from Miami where they, where they were meeting with Catherine. And as a peace offering, Armand brings Albert uh, their quote-unquote palimony agreement, palimony, yes. which um, my best understanding here was it was their uh, and maybe trying to be cute way of phrasing, you know, the 90s version of a civil union. Yeah. Um, it was absolutely a. It's 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 a it's a financial document. Saying, yes, it's now you own half of everything I yeah. own. Um, and uh, they they kind of make amends a little bit there with that. And Armand makes clear to Albert. He says to him, he's like, the only place that's home to me is wherever you are. So like, let's stop, you know, beating around the bush or you know. I will stop being foolish about this and hesitating or waiting or putting this off. Just sign it. So, you know, we are bound together, at least in the way that the law currently allows us to be. Yeah. Um, you know. It's a, it is a very sweet moment. Um, as Albert, I think this is the part where he's talking about the cemetery. Yes. Yes. Um, um, yes. Albert. Albert is implying. I don't think he outright states, but he is implying that he would would like to unalive himself. Mm-hmm. And Armand says, you know, at, at at first, sort of, you know, why do you want to be buried in a in a, in a shit place like yeah this it, particular cemetery? It, My cemetery, the place I've got a plot, is is much nicer, much much nicer. But now, you know, if this is what you want to do, then, God damn it, i got to sell my plot and move in with you. Because, as you say, home is where you are. Yeah. And, yeah, it is, it is, a, it is a very sweet moment of, of, of reconciliation amidst, as you say, the cage of crazies. Yes. Um, but I think, yeah, from, from there we enter the sort of, you know, as messy as it is, we are a united front. Yeah. Uh, for, for Val. Yeah, and uh, from there we kind of enter the third act of the film. Um, Armand and Albert, you know, quote-unquote, suit up. Armand is, you know, clearly a certain level of uncomfortable. And then Albert is, you know, that... He's Walt Disney a little bit. He he is with that glorious mustache that Robin sports in this film. Mm -hmm. Um, And then Albert enters in, uh, I think, to the surprise of Armand and Val. He also enters uh, their dressing room or whatever this room is in a, in a suit and uh, is, you know, doubly uncomfortable, I think it's fair to yeah. say. Um, and does, it's it's such a almost tragic line that he, like, you can see he, he's, he tries to enter the room with the right walk or, like, he tries to correct his walk and then correct the way he sits. And it's just, like, correcting himself, correcting himself, correcting himself. And it, it does kind of get at the heart of this, like, this really sad idea in sort of the background of this film, or maybe not too much in the background of this film, of like you know who you are, who you actually are, isn't okay. You need to, yeah. you need to um, edit yourself. You need to, um, uh, what's the word I'm searching for? Censor. Um, Censor. Um, thinking of uh, museum, not cater. Um, Curate. Curate, thank you. Yeah, you need to like curate yourself and your image um, to suit the desires of the people around you instead mm-hmm. of who you are. Uh, there's a very sad line where Albert says, like, you know, he's like, "Look, you you hate me." You know, I, I think I'm paraphrasing, but yeah. the line is something along the lines of, "To look at me, it's obvious 
like, like isn't it it's more obvious now with me dressed like this yeah. than just dressed as myself you hate me like I'm I, I have put on the monkey suit for you and now I'm even worse mm-hmm. I, I can't be what you want and he leaves again Armand follows him trying to tell him we don't hate you um, but uh, that kind of you know that that kind of goes unresolved for a moment um, we do uh, I forgot to mention earlier um, Armand had called Catherine and mm. told her not to come and then when he's explaining this to Val he says that this is before I think um, the uh, before the oh, we're, we're, we're posing him as your uncle yes yeah. they decided to pose Albert as his uncle that's hence the suit hence the and Armand tells his son tells Val uh I had to choose between your mother and Albert, so I chose Albert, obviously. Mm-hmm. And I'm sorry, but that's just the way it is. Uh, he's my partner. Um, and uh, so back to where we, we were. Sorry about that. Mm-hmm. Um, Val catches his mom trying to leave a message on their voicemail um, because voice it is the 90s. Mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and when someone is speaking on the voicemail machine, you can just pick up the landline and you will be immediately connected. Uh, um, and he gets his mom on the phone and tells her, oh no, that was a mistake. Uh, he, 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 told, he meant, uh, don't, he, he didn't say don't come, he said don't come late. I was there when he said it. Uh, I definitely because Val very much wants his um, his uh, his biological mother there because uh, he thinks it's all going to be a disaster otherwise. Um, Albert meanwhile has locked himself in his room. Armand was you know again followed him was trying to console him or get him uh, to you know you know see reason or something, mm-hmm. but that clearly is to no avail. And Armand just kind of settles on you know what. He's locked himself in his room. He can do less damage from there. Fine. Let's just go and do this. Uh, and so they go down and they meet with the Keelys, um, who arrive. And they all awkwardly... Uh, they are greeted by um, uh, Agador, who is now Spartacus, um, and uh, has quite, quite a bit of trouble walking with shoes on. Mm-hmm. Um uh, 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 a funny bit where Hank Azaria's physical comedy skills come in, certainly. Um, but the Achilles arrive, they're um, invited to this interesting little foyer, sitting room kind of thing. It's with... been redecorated to appear, as Armand puts it, a monastery. Yes, yeah, a chapel almost, you know, a giant crucifix on the wall, and, uh, and their chairs are just so close together, um, but they, they all are invited to sit there for some champagne. Uh, and they all kind of start, uh, you know, talking. Uh, Catherine, meanwhile, is firmly stuck in traffic, so she's not going to be there anytime soon. Um, um, so the conversation begins. It's uncomfortable. Uh, it's, you know, very much uncomfortable from, uh, from Armand and Val's side as they, you know... In, begin to engage in their charade. But then, as the, you know, Val asks Senator Keeley how the trip was, and Senator Keeley painstakingly, and when I say painstakingly, like, I just, I need you all to understand uh, how uncomfortable. There's no depth um, to this man. It's, it's infuriating. <laughs> he, he's laying out the states that they drove through on the way here, one by one. There was West Virginia, and 
Virginia, and uh, the foliage in Virginia is quite good, but also the foliage in Ohio is quite good. Red leaves, and, of course, Purple Mountain's majesty. Um, but then, well, and also Pennsylvania. Uh, to give you an idea. Um, how many colors can this sound <laughs> Yes, how many colors and states can he name? Um, and as he lays this out, I think we start to get a little bit of a sense, at least, that the discomfort is kind of coming from both sides. Because, again, the senator has just been through this terrible scandal. Not really, but kind of. He is terrible scandal adjacent, and in his mind it could ruin his political career. Uh, so th- this is sort of where we begin to get a sense that it is just no one is is particularly comfortable at this uh, engagement. Um, uh, all of a sudden, Val's mom arrives. Yes. But wait. <laughs> or so he thought. <laughs> or so he thought. Uh, it is. It is not, in fact, Catherine. She is still t- stuck in traffic. Uh, I think fair to say. And. Not to give it away, but Val will acknowledge this himself later. His actual mom enters, and it is Albert mm. in drag. Um, and she is, I think, fair to say, quite a lot. However, Mr. and Mrs. Keeley are very taken with her. Oh, yeah. They're very charmed. Uh, Senator Keeley, in particular, is very charmed. Much to the chagrin of Mrs. Senator Keeley. Yes, uh, that, yeah. As, as the oh. evening progresses, she becomes less and less fond of that. Poor sweet woman. Um, but uh, but for for the for the uh, the initial introductions, anyways, Val and Armand are full panic mode. They're, oh, yeah. They are sharing a panic attack. This is not relief. This is not like help has arrived. No. Like, oh no. But. The Keelys are none the wiser. The Keelys are getting on smashingly with uh, with Mrs. Uh, Mrs. Coleman, uh, and uh, yeah, they you know at one you know dinner is served. They they share dinner. This is where a lot of the uh, uncomfortable Republican rhetoric comes in. Uh, that um, you know trying to be a good good parent to Val, Albert is leaning all the way into the act yes, and yep. is yes-anding everything this God, uh, this, yes. this mm. senator is saying. Uh, you know, uh, I don't think we need to run through it. Uh, you no. all know the talking points, uh, dear listeners. You can imagine for yourselves uh, what they were. Yes. They are the same talking points that we are still fighting over today. Uh, almost 30 years later. What fun. Um... Perhaps, perhaps the same talking points in a much more visceral and graphic light and language, given uh, the even less sensitivity of the '90s. Um, but so they have dinner, go through all that. Um, but again, the Keelys are very charmed by uh, by Albert. Uh, you know, at one point we we cut away and then we cut back and they're all dancing around the room singing My Fair Lady. Like, yeah. Al, Ar- Armand is at the piano with Mrs. Keeley. Uh, uh, Albert, or Mrs. Coleman, is dancing arm in arm with the senator. They are all singing. <laughs> um, and of course, uh, Val and Barbara are dancing. Uh, at one point, um, Agador slash Spartacus bursts into the room and... Uh, excuse me. 
Agador Spark. Yes, sorry, Agador Spark. <laughs> all, all full. They name. do decide. Full that's name. His full name. You're right, correct. That is absolutely. <laughs> Thank you for correcting me. Oh, it's all right. Um, he bursts in and also has a beautiful singing voice, and yes, it is all very, uh, very, very genial. Um, and uh, yeah, they're dancing around to My Fair Lady. Uh, Armand and Val. Still kind of panicking that when they're outside of the, the you know, they, they disappear to the kitchen and they're still panicking and swigging from directly from a bottle of scotch. Uh, but they go ahead and they put a note. They sort of coordinate on this. They put a note on the door mm. for Catherine because she is going to get there eventually, theoretically. They leave a note on the door for her to say, whatever you do, don't come upstairs. We'll call you in the morning. Um, however, this note is immediately removed by the press mm-hmm. who followed them there. Um, the uh, duo from the National Enquirer, as it's it happens. Always the Enquirer. Always the Enquirer. Uh, later on, more press arrive using sort of, you know, zoom in, enhance. What is he saying? Read his lips. So it looks like South Beach. All right, everyone, we're going to South Beach. So, yeah, the rest of the press gets there eventually, but initially it is the National Enquirer, guys. Um, but so they remove the note, which of course leads to Catherine arriving, uh, quite awkwardly, you know, knocking on the door and saying, oh, it's Mrs. Coleman, I'm here, I'm, I'm finally here, and all the traffic, I'm so sorry. Um, Agador Spartacus lets her in, and there, and and we kind of come to the, the confrontation yeah. of it all. Um, it, it, it's interesting to me, the senator's first thought, of course, isn't what's actually going on. His first thought, I think very clearly here, is affair. Yeah. He's like, just exactly how many mothers does Val have? Um, and, uh, and then I think, I think it's Albert removes his own wig and reveals his true self. Uh, and they kind of start explaining uh, that, you know, we are Val's parents. This is Val's mother, but we are Val's parents. And the senator just over and over and over again, just, I don't understand. I don't understand. Mm-hmm. I don't understand. Again, you know, sort of being forced to confront so many of his prejudices all at once. You were having a wonderful time. Yes, he, he, yeah. he was very charmed. He was very taken with this lady. He and his wife had a whole fight about it while everyone else was out of the room yeah. fixing Albert's wig. Um, poor, poor Mrs. Keeley at one point at the end there is just like, I need to be someone's favorite um, and, uh, yeah, he's just so confused as, uh, as the, the, the Goldmans kind of lay things yeah. out and explain, like, these are my two dads, we are Jewish, like, they, yes, they own the drag club downstairs, they don't just happen to live above it, uh, Armand owns the club, uh, Albert performs there, he's the star, like, this is our family. Uh, we tried to, and you know, Val explains, you know, we tried to lie to you because I really like your daughter and really wanted you to let us get married. And and coming back to start, sorry to interrupt, just to a Please. point that you established just a, a few minutes earlier, the difference between, yes, this is the lady who birthed me. Mm-hmm. Albert is my mother. Yes, yes. And uh, Val... It's a very sweet moment. Yeah, Val acknowledges that and, and vocalizes it. And you can tell Albert is obviously touched by mm-hmm. this. Um, and, you know, in a way, I mean, Albert certainly, like, like that, I think a lot of his, 
character. Like he he is a very maternal mm-hmm. man, and 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 so I think you know part of that I think is why it was so easy for him to lean into the Mrs. Coleman character and deceive the senator. Um, but uh, but yeah, so that acknowledgement from Val clearly means a lot to Albert. Um, and uh, yeah, so. You know, the senator and his wife, they're about to leave. They're pulling their daughter away, and they open the door. But wait! The press is there. <laughs> senator Keeley, You know, uh, flashbulb. Slam the door. Oh, crap. How uh, are we going to get out of this? Uh, and so then they're all kind of in, like, one of the dressing rooms, like, you know, commiserating. And, and suddenly, like, certainly they're still not... There's still quite a gulf between these two families. Yeah. But it has shrunk. Because now, like... The Goldmans are some of the Keeley's only allies yeah. in the world. And he and the enemy of my enemy. The yes. enemy is the press. Very so. much so. Uh, and Senator Keeley is, you know, like they're, they're trying to comfort him on like, well, it's your word against theirs, it's public opinion, and he's like, Well, but no, it's I mean, public opinion will be shaped when there's a photograph of me leaving this place. And uh, Albert <laughs> Is the hero yes. who devises the scheme to sneak the Keeleys out in drag, because that is what they have here. They never and them. they'll never be recognized yeah. leaving the club like that. Um, and so that's kind of that. That is basically how the movie concludes. Uh, the whole family is dressed up. Um, Obviously, you know, not drag for Mrs. Keeley or Barbara, but, you know, they, they're both dressed up as well to look different than their usual selves. Um, and, uh, and, and, yeah, they are kind of escorted out in the, you know, the club's closing the night number, Sister Sledge's We Are Family, uh, and they all kind of dance their way out of the club. Um, and, uh, yeah, they manage to get into Catherine's car and are whisked away. Um, at one point, the senator does try to tell his valet, like, meet me, like, at this intersection, like, in 20 minutes, and his valet is just like, not for a million bucks, lady. A man, a man who has twice or three times now been bribed. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, clearly, yeah, not not opposed to a bribe, but uh, apparently that's a price too high for him. Um, I'm prepared to make that sacrifice. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, that's basically how the movie concludes. We, um, we enjoy the, basically, the music of the club through the end of the credits. And, um... Get the wedding, which is cute. You do get the wedding in the credits. Yeah, it's a a, a multi-denominational wedding. Uh, you got the one one both sides of the aisle really glaring across at each other. Did you ever see Up? Just like that. <laughs> it's wedding. really or like on one that. side they're like we're Quakers and conservatives. <laughs> on the other hand, we're like we are gay. It really is. It's fun. It's pretty glorious. Yeah. Um. And uh, yeah, that yeah. is the birdcage. Um. Yeah, definitely, definitely a, a film that I, I yeah. think hasn't hasn't necessarily aged the best, but I, I think still has quite a few of its charms. And I would, I would like to retract the statement though that I made at the, the beginning of, of this portion. Uh, over the course of this discussion, I, I did I think find the arc, mm-hmm. and it is just the family becomes comfortable yeah. with each other, and, and and it's it's not a big thing. It's not an earth-shattering thing, but they 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 do through this through the fuck up. Mm-hmm. They are kind of forced to acknowledge what they mean to each other. So I, I would like to retract that statement. Fair. Well, I, I'm I'm yeah. glad uh, I'm glad that it yeah. that it felt uh, felt a little bit more 
arced and earned mm. uh, upon upon further discussion. Because uh, yeah, I do think that yeah, we do. They do at least arrive at a place of we can grow from here. Yeah, we yeah. can grow from here, and an understanding of like no, like we have to be who we are. Mm-hmm. We everyone has to be their their authentic selves. That's the only way. And and trying to do otherwise is not just cruel, but is uh, you know disservice and and is never going to work. You can't fake who you to are. To my own self, be true. This above all. To return to Shakespeare. Different play. <laughs> Different, but still. Uh, yeah, as we as we often love to do. That is a great uh, great place to probably leave it, I think. I don't, any final thoughts for you? No, I mean, I think that's it. I, yeah. Right there. My, yeah, my, my, I, I did, my last note was just the idea of, but this is maybe a little partisan and, and confrontational of me, but the idea of conservatives being forced to, quote, endure people different than them mm-hmm. as their only means of escape, as their only means of saving their careers or whatever else was... That, that part is just a little too uh, chef's kiss. I did, I did have a similar note. Um, uh, as they are commiserating and, and coming up with this plan in the, in the, in the green room, mm. uh, my, my note was, I love it when we can all work together across the aisle. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Um. Where, where the side of the aisle that doesn't think that people uh, deserve to have rights and yeah. be who they are has to walk across to the other side and be like, oh, maybe we should just leave people alone. Walk a mile in my stiletto. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, but, but yes, uh, that, that is the birdcage. Yeah. Um, thank you all so much for listening. Um, uh, remember, just because just it, it's such a better place for, for us to end on than, than, than my, uh, my partisan quibbling. I remember what Sawyer said, to thine own self be true. Um, but uh, yeah, I think that's where we'll leave it, and, uh, and uh, we'll see you next time. I've been Ben Wessels. I've been Sawyer. And uh, we hope you'll uh, tune in next time as we continue to climb out from under the rock. Mm-hmm.